This is News from the Peak. I'm Joe Mamlin. Thanks for joining us. We have a really exciting show today. Once again, we return to the topic of bears. If you have not heard our episode on bear management, please go back to the archives and check that one out. That episode was released on November 20th of 2020. But today, we welcome back Carl Ram, our resident bear expert, to talk to us about Fat Bear Week. Carl is an accomplished wildlife artist, and he also works at Alaska's Katmai National Park as part of a team of bear techs. In that job, he helps track the bears and as much as possible guides them away from the camp's many visitors and towards a place that's safer for the bears and for the humans. If you aren't already familiar with Fat Bear Week, just go to explore.org or Google Fat Bear Week and you can learn all about it. We will also put links and information in the show notes associated with this podcast. But today, Maureen Life and David Ram speak with Carl and get into a little more detail about the bears themselves. Not only is this a chance to learn a little bit more about Fat Bear Week, but it's also an opportunity to learn more about the bears, their behaviors, what the cubs are like, just all manner of great bear information. As the episode begins, we join the conversation already in process, where Carl is talking about the voting on Fat Bear Junior Week, which concluded on September 24th. It's going to be a great show, so stick around, and we'll be right back. I just checked and um, I was, I, well, I just voted and it looks like um, at the moment, uh, can we talk about this? We're not live, right? So I'm not gonna break any election laws. <laughs> <laughs> like that, am I, you know, I, you, you never know when it's well, anyway, you know, I, I don't wanna get in any trouble. And I don't want to you know, tilt anybody unfairly in this, but I think, well, I think that's the whole point is we want to tilt. Uh, I have not voted yet because I was waiting to get the full scoop from, okay. from Carl. So, well, my, my, my cub sadly didn't make it through the, uh, the first bracket. So, mm. um, so I don't care after that. Right. <laughs> no, um, actually the two that I wasn't going to vote for are now neck and neck, but I'm sorry. Well, no, I was going to say, I had a note that the voting starts um, the 29th of September through October 5th. So do you get like early access to the voting because you have all of the inside scoop? Well, or what? well there's Fat Bear Week um, proper, right, which is the adult bears. 
And I think that they're going to take the winner of um, Fat Bear Jr. and put uh, the winner into the main contest. Maybe that's the idea. I'm not sure. I'm a little vague on some of these things, but um, so the one that starts on the I think the 29th, like you said, is Fat Bear Week, the original with the with the big adult bears. Um, oh, but I think that okay. I, I don't know. I never talked with anybody who's um, behind the scenes with that about exactly why they started it. But I always felt like some of the Cubs should have gotten a uh, done better in the run-ups than they did, and so maybe that's. <laughs> That's the reason. Um, so this uh, year's Fat uh, Fat Bear Junior, uh, year number one, was uh, 909's Cub, her, her spring Cub, uh, Cub in its first year. Um, her, uh, excuse me, then it was um, 132 spring Cub, and they went neck to neck. And then two yearling Cubs, so uh, Cubs that are in their second, um, their second uh, year. And um, those were, or are, uh, 128's Grazers and um, Holly's Cub. And so oh, when I last Holly. checked, yeah, so yeah, Holly, but Holly's Cub didn't make it. Um, when I just checked a little bit ago, so it was down to one, and my Cub, 909's Cub, didn't make it. Um, so it's down to um, 132's Little Spring Cub versus um, Grazers Yearling. And uh, the spring come was well out ahead when I saw the, the numbers. And I have to wonder, it'll be interesting to see um, if uh, Fat Bear Junior Week isn't going to be dominated by spring cubs. Because of course, spring cubs are little, you know, they're still, they're still really cute. By the time the yearlings, by September when they're really fat, they look kind of like adult bears. And, hmm. and I'm personally done with them, um, but that's another. <laughs> <laughs> we can come back to that later uh, from a bear management perspective. I'm done. <laughs> single most obnoxious class of bears um, out there are yearlings in um, September. But anyway, um, so great. I mean, if so it was many questions, I want to know. Okay, well, I'll shut so up many. and let me let me hear some questions. <laughs> no, like I love all of this. I'm just curious. Um, I feel like I've already asked you this, but at what point do they get kicked out of the um, the their mom's care? Right. So usually, um, in the great majority of times, they will be kicked out in uh, at the beginning of their third summer. Oh, okay. So when they're yearling, they're still they're mm -hmm. like teenagers, like wearing their iPods, not listening to their parents, looking yeah. at their devices. Yeah, I mean, if we, it, they would kind of be like in junior high school. Would be, <laughs> I, if we're getting, I mean, biologically, human metaphors don't really work well because the development of sexual maturity and all that is kind of different in bears. But socially, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, um, yeah, usually they're kicked out that third year and it's, it, it's super traumatic for them because it's not like mom is saying, you know, that um, come <laughs> the end of May, you're out of here, right? <laughs> um, and mom is everything to them and everything to them. And all of a sudden, one day when mom's hormones switch, that's it. And she doesn't want them to be anywhere near her. And they are rough with mm. those moms are rough with those cubs. And they'll whap them and they'll chase them. And the cut, you know, this just comes completely out of nowhere for them. 
So it's really hard and it's really sad and it's hard to watch. Mm, um, they'll sometimes get back with mom. And then if they can't get back with mom, they'll sometimes shadow another uh, mother bear, which they're not usually tolerated. Uh, during that, sometimes, occasionally they'll be a little bit tolerated. Um, so it's, it's hard to see. Um, and some of the some of the newly emancipated, that's kind of a very <laughs> euphemistic because I think I usually think of emancipation as being, you know, viewed as a positive thing by the emancipatee. Um, <laughs> but it isn't viewed positively by those cubs. And, uh, you know, they, a lot of them will, yeah, but they'll follow families around trying to find some way to get back in with someone. Mm, that's so sad, especially because I just dropped off a kid at college and I'm thinking like, you know, I, I warned her and then I started swatting her and, you know. <laughs> she had some idea it was coming. Right. These guys have zero idea. I told, her we, no idea. I told her we yeah. were going out for candy and then I just dropped her off. <laughs> oh, that old trick. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty rough for me. Does, All right. does that emancipation so-called <laughs> moment happen uh, at uh, any particular time of the year, or is it just kind of a different? Your every every you know every bear is different sort of thing. It, it almost always happens um, in May, early June, somewhere in there of of that third year. There are some who get an extra year. Um, there are some who are kicked out early. That famous story I, we talked about yeah. think, uh, last oh. time about the, the cub that Holly adopted. Obviously, he was kicked out a year early. Uh, and I, I can't remember. I believe that there's a sow who has uh, cubs in their third summer, and she's uh, keeping them with her. And of course, uh, you know, then those those guys uh, really get a, a nice deal because they, they probably get at least some uh, milk from their mom and they are getting salmon. You know, so it's, it's kind of a nice scene for them. Um, <laughs> and they'll, they'll tend to be um, pretty big, but. So I feel like we should, we jumped right into, we got excited about the juniors. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah, sure. I feel like we should back up and talk about Fat Bear Week and just um, like just tell us about Fat Bear Week and then I'm prepping you because I think we're hoping that you can give us all the inside scoop and then when we go to vote starting on the 29th we'll have a leg up. <laughs> I would I would love to do that. They haven't announced the brackets yet for um, for Fat Bear Week. I know I was yes I was dreading this this question. <laughs> um because i don't know but we can we can just run through the whole roster of i mean i, I did i did take a peek and i'm really partial to a 435 you know because she's a foster mom but also 32 chunk looks like he that bear might uh i can't remember if it's a boy or a girl but chunk I, yeah. I, i'm partial to the name and right so um chunk is a um is male, and I guess uh, just for a little bit about Fat Bear Week. Yeah, I wish I could produce a lot of um, facts and figures, like exactly how many years it's been going on now. But I, I really uh, I should have looked that up. But I, uh, but I'm a, a bear chaser, <laughs> so I'm not very good with all that. But it, I don't know, five years it's been going on, something like that yeah. now. And it was started. Um, it was uh, Mike Fitz and some other folks with the park, and I, I assume some 
people with explore.org all uh, came up with the idea. And then of course, the, the main, uh, from a kind of institutional perspective, I think the main thing about it is that it has just become huge, you know, vastly more popular than anybody ever imagined um, starting off, which I think is also true of the, the bear cams in general. I mean, there's, it's really, uh, really, really gratifying to see just how popular um, both of those have become. Um, and yeah, I think, what was it? I believe it's something like around 600,000 votes last year. I'm remembering right. I have to wonder if this year it'll go over a million. You know, I don't know. Um, but, you know, it just seems to be the right thing, right? It's just this um, completely wholesome, fun, <laughs> You know, at least at this point, as sure as soon as <laughs> Vegas money gets involved or something, it, it might turn into something else. But right now, it's uh, it's fat family. I love it. And do you think that um, with all of this, um, you know, excitement around Fat Bear Week, does it bring any extra like attention or to the conservation or to the protection of the bears or you know? Like, can we use Fat Bear Week for good? Um, right. Yeah, great question. I, I think so, but I think it's doing it in the best kind of way, in a way. Um, in that I think the best good that it does is just kind of brings bears in a positive way into people's lives, you know, and gets them interested. I'm glad that there's not actually, I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy that there's not a heavy conservation message with the bears. I mean, there's a little bit in there, but um, I mean, I'm, you know, both my uh, wife, Susan and I are hardcore conservationists and have been, you know, um, since our teens, certainly. And uh, she's dev uh, devoted her career to that. And I'm moving in that direction myself with my workout at Brooks and everything. And so it's very close to our heart, but you know, um, I think that that's like David Attenborough videos. If you ever watch uh, most David Attenborough videos, they don't have what is unfortunately kind of a stereo, the stereotypical doom message at the end. And again, I'm not against that. I mean, I'm definitely uh, a lot of, <laughs> I can be pretty pessimistic sometimes, but I think that if that's all people have associated with it, I mean, I flinch a little bit in watching documentaries sometimes because I don't want to get hit after I've gotten so involved with it, I don't always want to be hit with that. And I think that it's nice sometimes to have some message that's just, or that gets people involved in a way that is, um, you know, just fun and on the positive side. And so I think it does uh, bring a lot of awareness of bears and their lives and their natural history and just how interesting they are. And I think that's a great thing about the, the webcams and about Brooks River in general is that they allow you to really see if you um, get involved with watching the webcams or you, or you come to Brooks for a kind of an extended stay, you can get involved in their lives, you know, and they're not just these kind of cute brown things there at the falls eating salmon, they're individuals. Some of them get along better with some than others. They have their their own, it's a big earth science soap opera. I mean, that's what I say to people a lot. And fortunately, unlike chimpanzees or elephants 
or wolves, which are kind of complex social animals, bears are very smart, but they're kind of clunky socially, which makes it easier to follow what's going on because there's not a whole lot of subtlety, right? <laughs> uh, you know, there, I mean, bears are people think, I think, I think most people think of bears as being more like dogs, you know, and I, before I really got involved with bears and, and, and there's truth to that, but um, in some ways, bears are like cats um, in that um, they're, they're more socially adept than you might think because a lot of times they know what's going on, they just don't care. Um, but still, um, they're just not really meant for big groups. And so they clung, into, clung and clang into each other and everybody can tell at least falls a lot of what's going on. Right, oh, that's and and so you can, and it makes it easier to get in, get inside their lives. Um, and I I think that's a fantastic thing to really get to know that they are really individuals with their own personalities, temperaments, all that. So I love going through the pictures of the bears because they look totally different when they're skinny at the mm -hmm. you know after they wake up versus like now as they're going into you know getting ready for hibernation. Is there anything? Um, is there anything to that besides just the obvious of like fat bear week? Is they're just plumping up so they have enough to get through the winter, right? I mean, is there anything else going on there that like their oh, coats and, look different? And right, they 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 also shed out, so they have these beautiful new coats. Um, and with males, it hides a lot of scars. Um, some of the males, well, in June you can uh, in early July. You can see some pretty uh, grim wounds on a lot of the males. Uh, well, I'll spare everybody some descriptions, but some amazing things that I would think like you would have to be hospitalized for. <laughs> um, and and they just hang out and eat at the falls, you know, and uh, and this uh, unbelievable wound will heal up. And some some males have a propensity for being scarred up. Like there's a bear 83 um, who every year comes back just completely roughed up. Um, he's going to be a, kind of a big bundle of scar tissue by the time he's- you know, Roughed up from what? Like from sleeping all winter was he roughed up from? Um, you know, that's a, it's a great question. And it, um, I really only had a chance uh, to observe him closely for about three years or for three seasons. When, before I got into bear management, I never see him. I rarely see him now that I'm in bear management because he doesn't come anywhere near camp. Uh, my impression, what I always described Bear 83 as, my little kind of handle that I would give for him when I would talk to people, was that he was a low impulse control bear. It's not that impulse, which kind of implies that there's such a thing as a high impulse control bear, which there really isn't, but we're, we're talking in the world of bears, right? So, and he just, whenever I, he had this talent for being in the wrong place at the wrong time and, but it happened so much that it wasn't just this random thing i would see him do things like a56 who back in the days when i was doing this was the most by far the most dominant bear on the river he would be cord, uh, courting another uh female a bear called 410 
and 83 would just kind of walk up in between them and start fishing at the falls. And I was like, what are you thinking, guy? And, and of course, the inevitable would happen, and he would have to be, beat a hasty retreat. He would get, when one of the dominant males would get out of the jacuzzi, which is this big um, kind of deep water area right below the falls where the bears like to, um, the dominant males like to get, because it's the best place for the salmon to jump over the falls because the water is deep there so they can dive down deep and get a running start before they get their jump over the falls. Every um, salmon that you see in that classic photo of the bear at the mouth, the lip of uh, Brooks Falls, catching the salmon jumping, that salmon is jumped out of the jacuzzi because there's really only one spot on the falls to take that, that photo. Um, and so sometimes a male would get, dominant male would get a um, salmon and go leave for a little while. And 83 would just kind of jump right in there. I don't know that he does this now, but he used to just jump right in there and really not look around and just all of a sudden become completely preoccupied with um, fishing in there. And then all of a sudden here comes the big male and he <laughs> would walk right up to 83. He doesn't look around and you can take it from there. Um, so anyway, back to your point. So some of the males are really scarred up in June, but that's usually hidden by fall. They have these, uh, especially these really big males would be, have really splotchy coats and, and everybody looks kind of shaggy um, in June and into July. And then in September, they have these gorgeous, nice new coats, which also make them look a little bigger. That's mm -hmm. one of those, um, some, with some of the bears, especially the cubs, the new fur actually makes them look like there's a little bit more of a transformation than there's actually been. Um, you know, uh, I don't want to disillusion anybody in their voting uh, for spring cubs because of that, but, uh, <laughs> but some of them get so fat that, you know, um, especially cubs that are um, single cubs, um, uh, they'll sometimes get uh, fat enough, even as spring cubs, that it completely overwhelms that little extra fur advantage. <laughs> So how much weight are they gaining? Oh gosh, well, it depends so much, you know, of course on their size, right? Um, I don't, it would be, I'm gonna, oh, I even hate, hesitate to age, <laughs> but let me, well, let me do the extremes because I think I can be a little confident with the uh, extremes. Yeah. We're so, not gonna like quote you like in the time. Yeah, time. you're not, but we have a lot of people who are going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> who I'm going to be hiding from at Brooks Camp. <laughs> Looking, peeking around the, the corner of the visitor center the, before I go walking This is for the novice bear watcher out there. <laughs> oh, there's some pretty hardcore people that are probably going to tune in. Um, but uh, so let's say uh, 747 is generally regarded as being about 1,400 pounds in, um, in the fall. Okay. Yeah, um, and I would guess when he's now I'm not a good cattleman. I have been told by one of the by the chief biologist for Katmai that the best people for making judging weight um, of bears at the falls are, are uh, cattlemen. Um, but I, I think it's safe to say he's probably somewhere these days between 900 um, and a thousand pounds. So he puts yeah. on 400 pounds. Now the thing is, though, that it's we're kind of in a we're 
in the last few years, and we're in a little bit of a new universe with this because we've had these huge sockeye salmon runs, really, really big runs. And these guys have just been eating, eating, eating. And they eat so much that they don't really even come. The big ones, the big males, like 747, and some of the big sows, they still come, they come back to uh, camp in uh, late June and they're still fat, mm. uh, which was not really the case when I first um, started uh, going out to Brooks um, back around 2014, 2015. They were, they're all pretty lean. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, I'd say 747 probably puts on 400 pounds. Okay. So a little spring cub, you know, their body is growing pretty quickly in all this. So um, I actually, we ended up having, doing a little bit of a field, um, not, not the autopsy is the right word, necropsy. Anyway, we had to do a field examination of a dead cub um, this July. And a couple of us picked it up. And I don't know, that little spring cub, they're not so little when mom isn't near them. Um, and it probably weighed, I'm gonna guess it felt like it weighed 40 pounds. And I think some of the single cubs, boy, those, those little guys, they must weigh, stocky bears are, they must weigh, I'm gonna guess 80 pounds, the really big spring cubs. Um, so, you know, um, that spring cub is put on more proportionally more weight than 747, but of course they're putting on maybe 40 pounds as opposed to 400 pounds. So there's a big difference. You know, bears are born very, very small. I think a um, brown bear, when it's first born, weighs about two pounds. So oh my gosh. It's very, very small. I did the math once and it was like a human baby being born. Um, in terms of ounces. Wow, uh, so that's incredible. Yeah, they're, they're born very, very small. Um, and so they really grow through their life. Yeah, so life. if they don't great, gain enough weight um, mm -hmm. and they do they, and they go into hibernation, is there a possibility that they don't wake up after the hibernation or do they wake up during the winter and then there's just not enough, like how does that kind of play out if they don't get fat enough? That's a good question. Um, and I don't really know. I don't know how much um, research has been done on that. Questions like that about these bears are hard, the coastal brown bears anyway, are hard to answer because there really hasn't been a lot of basic hmm. life history work done. I mean, it's hard to um, follow them through the year because they go off into really, and this is all. Um, except for a few spots like Brooks that have fairly ready access. I mean, this is real uh, serious wilderness and they tend to hibernate at, very, at high elevations in the mountains near here. Uh, so I don't really know. I, I've, wondered that, um, I've wondered that same thing as far as I've never come across anything that has said, it certainly doesn't do them much good um, for the most part to get out and wander around you know so yeah i don't know i would love to know one thing i do know is that especially males in um warmer climates and even um on the peninsula say a little further south and i 
pretty sure that this happens on Kodiak Island. And I know it happens locally that you will get some males uh, and maybe other bears, but certainly males who will wander around in the winter um, if it's a particularly warm winter. Last winter, uh, which actually wasn't even a particularly warm winter, I'm afraid we had um, some bears at our dump in, in midwinter. Uh, they would show up and I guess they figured that it was worth it to get that extra bit of food. I don't really understand why they will sometimes wander around in places like Kodiak Island, hmm. uh, why it's worthwhile to spend those calories doing that. Maybe they're running into more deer carcasses or what have, have you than I would, than I would think. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a, uh, there's still quite a bit unknown about that, that kind of thing, at least with bears on the peninsula. All right, so I want to get to the meat of who I'm yes. voting for. So before I lose you, so I'm looking at 32, but I'm wondering, you know, like who are you voting for and what should I look for? And is there, should I vote? Is there a leg up for a male or female? Any kind of things I should be looking for with fur? <laughs> you sounds like you actually want, you're wanting to do this objectively. <laughs> So that's yeah, the big I don't want to go just by the name because I love the name Chunk. I mean, oh, Grazer right. sounds like a vegan bear and maybe he's not going to have <laughs> as good of luck. I don't know. <laughs> so um, Chunk, okay, so we're going to have to, we, at some point it might be interesting to come back to this whole issue of objectivity because that's something that has actually changed. I, I think it's changing in how this contest runs, but uh, in terms of how the public relates to it. But Chunk, uh, back when I was working the Falls platform a lot and back when I spent a lot of time talking to the public. Um, I always describe Chunk uh, as a kind of Joe six-pack bear and that uh, he always just kind of wanted to come up to the falls. He wants to get his salmon and he's, and he's out of here, right? He doesn't want to deal with the politics. You know, um, he just, he's here, he's doing his job. He wants to get that salmon and he's gone. And then 17 or 2018, the two most dominant males had some injuries and all of a sudden, Chunk was ascendant. Um, and I don't know what he was like as, um, as the top bear at the fall. But yeah, he's, he's kind of a cool bear. Um, you know, the big males, once they become big dominant uh, you know, at the end of the spectrum, for the most part, they get to be pretty stoic. But back when I knew Chunk, back when he was... Um, uh, you know, not quite in the dominant status. Yeah, he was definitely a Joe Sixpack bear. He was, you know, I'm here, I'm doing my work, I'm out of here. In terms of size, his rear end so predominates, which is why I think he has the name Chunk and why he's real visible, easy to identify, especially from behind. Um, <laughs> you know, how that plays out in poundage, I don't know, because he's not really um, heavy, very heavy up front. I mean, I think until the last year or two of 747's life, he's going, almost certainly going to be the biggest male. Um, and so objectively, I mean, this is kind of my worry because I feel like the contest is starting to become more objective because it's no longer kind of dominated by the various bear cults uh, of which I'm, you know, a member of a bear cult. Um, I, if that's the case, then, you know, if people are really going for the objective vote and if, you know, poundage is, you know, the ultimate scoreboard for that, and 747 until he's really old, he's going to be the bear. So, I, yeah, I'm taking Walker out. Walker looks too fit and trim. 
Oh, okay. Now, do, have you, do you have a recent photo of Walker? September 20th. Oh, really? So he's not year. passing your, he's not meeting your criteria. His muzzle looks, you know, compact. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Walker's kind of a long muzzled bear. I don't know. Okay, this is rough. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. I don't know. You know, yeah, I mean, by your criteria, I think you're better off between when it comes to 151 and, and chunk. I would, I think you're a chunk person. <laughs> But then I don't know what the standard is. Is if you're if you're a chunkite, um, <laughs> what would prevent you from being a seven four sevenite? I want to go down the non-obvious path. You know, like the non. Um, oh, well, okay. Otis. Um, Otis is kind of cute. Otis is cute. Now Otis is. Yeah, this is a big year for Otis. This is um, because Otis has been the ultimate cult bear. The ultimate cult bear, and in fact. Once or twice at Brooks, I have seen him coming up the river the way he always does uh, right before the beginning of the July season. And I've always been so hesitant to get on the radio and say um, that he's heading up the river um, because this is it's a big deal with, when Otis uh, arrives. And it was a bigger deal this year because he was late. It was quite a bit late. And he's, you know, he's missing a lot of teeth now. Um, and, uh, which is actually probably kind of fatal for him ultimately. Um, but, uh, he, he was late and everybody was kind of thinking he was dead. You know, he might be, might've died in his, uh, in his den or whatever. And I was certainly thinking that, and then he shows up, but he showed up quite a bit lighter than he has been showing up and he mm. didn't, um, pack on the weight and he's been pushed around even he was always kind of a, the zen bear he would sit in sit in a the uh, bear version of zazen with his head maybe tilted a little and his droop one side droopy ear but he would get salmon after salmon um some people would say he would stare salmon into existence <laughs> and um and he so yeah he was a real cool bear but he's definitely i'm afraid he's on this is kind of, he's on the decline. He's still eating yeah. salmon and everything. It'll be interesting to see how he does in terms of weight. Well, I always do like the underdogs. All right, so 747. So that's where your, your vote is. And he looks, the pictures of him on explore.org are like, he even looks big when he comes out of hibernation. So yeah, he's, he's, a, he, he's a huge bear. Um, and yeah, I mean, if, okay, so here's the, chance to talk a little bit about the objectivity thing so or to elaborate on a little bit more um when the contest was first started there was um, almost certainly the voters were were webcam viewers you know the more dedicated web webcam viewers well i think it's safe to say that almost all webcam viewers you know the hardcore webcam viewers are a bear cult which i do not say negatively at all i'm a bear cultist within the greater cult you know, you have these subcults. And so there were subcults of different bears. And of course, I'm a member of the Holly. Uh, Me too. Right. So, um, and, uh, but Otis, the Otis cult was the predominant, uh, you know, orthodox cult that uh, everybody <laughs> else kind of had to vie for, but watch out for a little bit, right? So, um, and so initially, the it was all cult voting, right? It was just, for the most part, you know, is everybody has their favorite bear and they kind of vote for it, which is fine. I mean, it's fair, bad bear, right? Um, so 
Um, but it seems like the more people from the general public who have come into this thing, the more objective um, it has gotten in terms of voting. And so in a way that worries me a little bit because if 747 is gonna be put into the brackets every year and it continues to be objective, 747 is gonna get keep winning and then it's going to kind of get uh, boring. So I'm all in favor of going for the underdog. Yeah. Um, and going against objectivity just to keep it fun. But it's not like, you know, I mean, they can kick 747 out of the running anytime they want and he's not going to protest too much about it. And so, yeah, <laughs> I think Fat Bear Week will survive, but nonetheless, yeah. So 747, yeah, he's huge and he's until he, loses a few more teeth and such, he's probably gonna uh, continue to be the, uh, objectively in terms of pounds, the most, most dominant. Though I wouldn't be surprised if in terms of body mass, some of these really good sows um, don't equal him or surpass him, uh, you know, in terms of like percentage. I wouldn't be surprised if um, Holly or, or some of the others might actually, you know, just on a, uh, percentage of lean body mass uh, scale uh, do just as well or better. Well, sometimes it's about their pictures too, because you have to look at the junior bear uh, 132 spring cub um, from yeah. September. Of, oh my gosh. Like the little, <laughs> the little legs with the belly hanging down. It's yeah, hard. yeah. Hard, it's, it's hard to beat that. <laughs> and I think the, when Holly won it, I think a lot of it had to do with this picture or a very brief video that was online of her sitting there with her fat, just kind of, <laughs> uh, it's hard to describe, but just these, these undulating oh. rolls of fat kind of scratching herself. Um, I think that uh, propelled her to, uh, to dominance that year, that one little, one little video. I love it. Well, I think I know who I'm voting for. David, any last things you need to know before you vote? Well, I guess just with any uh, any guesses based on what you saw in person uh, earlier this year about right. who well, might be making some surprise uh, moves for, for dominance <laughs> here in, uh, in Fat Bear Week. In Fat Bear Week, are, are, we, are we talking about just in uh, coolness or fatness? All of the above? <laughs> Oh, I would say, yeah, the, it's cool where coolness meets fatness. I think oh, that that's right. the those Venn diagrams of cool and fat exactly, overlap, exactly. right? Um, boy, you know, I, I hate admitting in this, and when we're talking about fat bear week, but my job in bear management really kind of constrains me. For sows, it really does help to not have cubs. Mm. Um, predominant that way and I don't and there are a lot of sows um, you know I believe this year is going to be a record for the number of bears on the river this might be if I had to make a guess about um, and if we're going to talk about sows this might be grazers year okay I'm in fact I I think this could be grazers year and she certainly deserves having her year so um and that's what you know one of grazer's cubs is uh is what well, grazer's cub when i is the yearling who right now who is going up against 132's cub and her cubs definitely got a big head start um because 
this year over all the other cups just in terms of packing on the pounds because um, the salmon were late this year, which um, it was a huge run, but it was late. And it really created some tense moments for us in, in camp because we had some hungry bears that did not want to be pushed off the grass. That's a whole other story. Sure. But Grazer is kind of a warrior super mom bear. Hmm. Um, and she's, she is a combination of both. She might not have some of, she doesn't have Holly's nuances and savvy. Holly's a little bit more maybe of a diplomat super mom bear, but Grazer is the warrior super mom bear. And Grazer, unlike Holly, is very good at fishing the lip of the falls. I, Holly's cub does not like going to the falls. And so Holly had to kind of stay down river this year because her cub didn't like to go to the falls. And Holly listens to her cubs more than some sows do. And, um, but it was not a good year for fishing down river because the water levels in the lake were really high, which made the water levels in the river high. So Grazer, on the other hand, is not afraid of the falls. She is a warrior queen as well as a super mom. Mm. And she's very good at fishing the lip. And so she got on the lip early in the season. And the lip is the, you know, the top of the falls. And the place where they fish on the lip that um, Grazer tends to dominate is right above the jacuzzi, so that perfect spot. So she's up there hammering these salmon once they come in and her cubs, you know, she doesn't, um, unlike some moms, I mean, moms, I don't think I've ever seen a mother bear like share a piece of salmon with a cub, but um, some don't whap their cubs mercilessly when they, when they try to take salmon. And Grazer do not, does not whap her cubs mercilessly um, when they take salmon. Um, and so their salmon, their, her cubs, um, I'm sure they were still uh, nursing and they got a lot of salmon and they got it earlier, I'm pretty sure, that regular bounty than any other bear. And Grazer, she gives in to very few bears. Um, and uh, most bears stay away from her. I, she's probably of all the sows, fortunately she doesn't come into camp much. Um, and fortunately when she does, she's very easy to haze. She doesn't like being in camp, but I don't think there's a sow I'm more nervous with in dealing with Grazer because even though she's easy to haze, I always feel like I'm one step away from having her charge me. And she's, she's scary. Uh, her first year as a mom, uh, several years back with a different letter, I mean, she, except for eight, five, six, she drug every male on the river around by his ear. <laughs> um, and she was that way on the falls. So yeah, warrior, warrior queen, uh, super mom, she's really good with her cubs. <laughs> and I'm sure she's been packing on the pounds too ahead of any of the other sows because she's been getting that supply. So yeah, I don't know if I, if I, I, I think, uh, and I'm very fond of her. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think, I think this could be Grazer's year. Well, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. I'm putting myself out there. I'm putting myself out there on that one. But uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's what we were. Uh, I think that's what we were. Yeah. We were aiming for. It was the inside scoop. Yes. But we hope everyone will go out and vote, and hopefully yes. read a little bit more on the website they break down, and they've got some really great pictures of. Um, the yep. the bears and it, it's really a cool thing and it's it's like it's its own little shark week it's kind of taking off and we're proud to have um carl on on our uh podcast staffing here to lead us through <laughs> <Fat Bear Week. laughs> 
Well, I'm glad, glad to contribute what I can. And it's um, that much more motivation on my weekend evenings to go to the falls and see what was uh, going on because I did get to see Grazer in action. And yeah, she, basically there was a, um, I think it was a sub-adult who was uh, trying to, who was, uh, I think she got, I think it got a salmon from Grazer kind of reached up and grabbed a salmon while she was up there on the falls and tried again and basically uh, Grazer grabbed that bear by the neck and picked it up by the neck and swung it for about a minute. Um, <laughs> oh my God. And then, and then um, fortunately, I think as far as I know, uh, I mean, the bear, once it was let go, it walked away. Um, so probably all right, but that gives you a, a sense of yeah. what I mean by the uh, warrior queen bear. But yeah, she's a um, but super, super sweet little cubs. And, <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks for Carl for always uh, being our uh, leading consultant on all things bears and okay. I, I, am, I am honored to have the chance. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, like laboratory wine glasses. Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking later, I'm going to get a bottle of wine and just drink it out of that just <laughs> for a good picture. <laughs> But I was Thank I was you. ready for some embarrassing questions about David's past, but we didn't go into that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a different podcast.